where they, where they said, okay, they're going to teach um, children trades so they can go out and, be, and take Jesus with, with them. So they decided they're going to call them donkeys, which means referring to when Jesus took, uh, when Jesus rode a donkey into the Jerusalem. So they must be the donkeys taken. And still to this day, they call uh, my school donkeys, even though they don't know, they don't have a clue of what it means. But it, it's, it's still an amazing story for me. So I think if we, if we really want to have an impact in society, we must, we must understand, we must get this thing right. It's how does God see work? Okay, so one of the disastrous consequences of dualism is um, that we, we just leave God out of half, half our life. If you think about it, you almost 50% of the time that you're awake, maybe parents, maybe it's a, um, <laughs> different for parents because they don't sleep that much, um, but you, s- you spend either going to work, at work for lunch, or coming back, 50%. And just make sense that God's going to use that time to disciple you. But the problem is we've, we've, we don't let him disciple us. We, God's got this amazing discipleship clause on work, but we don't pitch for it. It's, there's a gap in our discipleship, and we don't even know. It's like the All Blacks, back line. They didn't even know they had a gap until Damien Willems caught, caught that ball. And then there was a gap. I don't know if you watched the, watched the game. I didn't watch a game, but I watched that clip like 20 times over. It was such amazing. So amazing. It's, it's, just, it's just beautiful. I think it's almost, almost spiritual there <laughs> in that moment. So the problem is we, God wants to disciple us in our work, but we've outsourced it. Sort of. So when you, go, when you want to become an engineer or you want to become a lawyer, You go to UCT or go and study some other place or Stellenbosch or wherever, but you don't go to the don't come to the church. We've outsourced that our work side, and it's good. They're doing a good job. I think um, I must say UCT is doing a good job because it's so close. No, they are doing a good job, but I, but but if we leave it just to them to teach us how to do our work, then we're missing God's standard. Because I believe God has got a higher standard. And there's a kingdom dimension that we're going to miss. And that's where the next level comes in. We must go to the next level in our work. And you can ask me, what do I see as a kingdom dimension? The best way I can describe it is, is, by, uh, is a story. I can move to the next slide, Jason. Um, I don't know if you are J.R. Tolkien fans. I haven't read... I haven't read uh, Lord of the Rings. But he, he was a Christian. And he wrote this. So I, I, d- I decided I'll just read the short story. Not the normal. So this story I stole from, well, Tim Keller used it in one of his books. And so I stole it from Tim Keller. But he's, he's actually referring to J.R. Tolkien's story. It's a, and it's called Leaf by Nigel. So I've read, uh, I've read the short story. And it's a really amazing story and there's much more to it than I'm going to discuss today but I just want to discuss a few things that's really such a beautiful picture of what we're talking about today. Okay so Nigel is this artist like all artists struggling a bit. He's got a shed in the back of his house and he's 
main goal in life is, is life work is painting a tree, amazing tree. And he's got this grand vision for a tree, but he's a bit of a perfectionist and he focuses a lot of detail on, on all the leaves. He wants to make every leaf. And being a perfectionist, one of, one of the things that he really worries about, one of his biggest fears is that he won't be able to finish before he must go onto a journey. The journey sort of uh, is a metaphor for, for death. So he's scared he's not going to be able to finish. And eventually his biggest fear becomes true. There's officers that arrive at, at his house and they, and they say, no, you must go on this journey. And he just, he, he doesn't, he almost doesn't even pack up his things. He just goes. The, the canvas or the, the painting, he didn't finish the painting. The painting ends up on his neighbor's roof because it must seal a leak. And there's only one piece that remains that the one officer found, found and that's a, just a leaf, one leaf. And it gets eventually, they say, oh, it's actually a nice leaf, looks nice, and I'm going to put it in the museum. And it's titled Leaf by Nigger. So that's where the book gets its name from. Anyway, on this journey that Nigger is on, he takes a bit of a detour, and eventually he arrives at this heavenly place. So I'm going to stop there, and I'm going to start reading from the, from the short story. And you must listen very carefully. just get my a great green shadow came between him and the sun Nigel looked up and fell off his bicycle before him stood the tree his tree finished if you could say that of a tree that was alive its leaves opening its branches growing and bending in the wind that Nigel had so often felt or guessed and had so often failed to catch he gazed at the tree and slowly lifted his arms and opened them wide. It's a gift, he said. He was referring to his art and also to the result, but he was using the word quite literally. He went on looking at the tree. All the leaves he had ever labored at were there, as he had imagined them rather than as he had made them. And there were others that had, that had only budded in his mind, and many that might have budded if only he had time and for me that's the that's the kingdom dimension we can bring into our work is that we've got the ability as Christians to take something that's already created in heaven and created here on earth so Jesus says when he was on earth he says I can only do what I see the father does and that's basically what, what Nigel did he only he could only draw what he sees what he sees in heaven, and that's what we can do in work. Tolkien actually called it sub-creation. We can only create what the creator has already created in heaven. So that's, a, that's amazing. Isn't that what we want? We want to bring a little bit of heaven into our work, even if it's just a leaf. And it's not going to be perfect, because in heaven it's perfect. What God created is perfect, but it can at least do a leaf. So what I want to do is I want to share a few principles, maybe take a few pages or should I say leaves out of my tree uh, with you. And um, what I think, what the principles that we should apply when you look at bringing that thing down, that creation that's already up in heaven, bring it down into our work. Okay, so that's what I'm 
what I really want to do. So the, f the next slide. So there's the principle. So I'm going to start with, with, a, with, first of all, you must believe there is a tree. Because that's, that, that's the biggest thing. Because beliefs, remember, beliefs inform our, how we see the world and how we see and how we behave. So if you're not going to believe that God has a plan, God, he loves your work and he's into your work and he's already created something in heaven that looks like your work, then, then you won't be able to even start looking at what this tree is. So that's the first thing you need to do. And I'm going to do a quick, we're going to do a quick exercise there's on the next slide. There's um, scriptures. I just want you to quickly read through it. Just on your own, just read through it. Can everyone see? Okay, who's not done? Hmm? There's actually an, an, another slide, but I see you're not very fast reader, so I'll just keep it to this one. Okay, so now you've read it. Now you've got a, you've got sort of got a picture of what the the, the verses talk about. Now, when you read read it again, but now I think that there's no distinction between work. There's nothing that's more sacred, Play, like preaching, what I'm doing, or playing in a band, or doing Bible school, or whatever, is not more sacred than what you do tomorrow, eight to five. And I want you to read that again. And whenever it talks about work, think about your work that you're doing. I think the second time it should be should go quicker, eh? or just speed read it. Okay, everyone done? Okay, so I'm going to read it with you. Did, did, was it different now the second time that you read it? When you thought about your work? Hmm? The answer, you should say yes. <laughs> Otherwise, it doesn't work. <laughs> yeah, no, no pun intended. Okay, Matthew 5 and 16. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your father who is in heaven okay so in there you can replace that so that they may see your flipping good spreadsheets that you made that email you sent that spec you write that class you gave that give me some more examples that PowerPoint, PowerPoint presentation you made that statistical model you did that I don't know OTs normally do play Kids games, that's what I remember. The <laughs> awesome kids game that you made. And give glory to your father. Okay. Then the next one, John fourteen twelve. Very truly, I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works I've been doing. And they will do even greater things than these because I'm going to the father. Can you imagine being a better engineer than... God. 
Because that's what he's saying there. You can be a better engineer than him. You can be a better teacher than him. You can do a spreadsheet better than him. That's the power of the Holy Spirit that's put in, that he's put in us. You can build something. It's, it's better. You can build a table better than him because he was a carpenter. Ephesians 2, 8 to 10. For we are his workmanships, workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared before and that we should walk in him. For good works. He create, we were created in Christ Jesus for being a teacher, being a lawyer, being whatever, doing that work. That's why he created us. Morley agrees here with me. <laughs> Philippians 2:12 to, to 13. Therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, so now, not only as in my presence, but much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling, for it is God who works in you both to, to will and to work for his good pleasure. So God, he loves it. He, he takes pleasure in our, in our work. He take, tomorrow when you go to work, just think about it. God takes pleasure in you going to work now and, and working and doing your work well. Okay, so that's the first, the first principle. The second principle is um, swim against the stream. There's a painting here, so you can read that. There's more scriptures. So that, that's a painting that's above my desk at work. It just reminds me every now and then I swim against the stream a, a bit. And it's a painting that's actually done by my, my boss. Um, and to challenge the status quo. Because there's a lot of trees in this world and in your company or wherever you work that, that we're not going to see in heaven. I don't know about you, but the status quo in my company is not heaven. It's not the tree. There's a lot of trees that's not, that we're not going to see there. And that's why we need to challenge those. We need to challenge that. And, and, and we must ask the difficult questions. Sometimes we just accept it and we go, into, we go into our workplace and because we haven't been discipled properly, we don't know how to challenge it. We don't know how to swim against the stream. Because you, you will have to swim against the stream. Um, and there it's very important to ask God. So the questions you can ask God, what is the purpose of my company? Why am I even doing engineering or law or accounting or whatever? Why am I doing this spreadsheet? What is the purpose? That's the kind of things we must challenge. And then once we, once we know that, we can get our work into line with what God's purpose, in line with what, what the tree is really in heaven. One of the things... Um, I often see is that companies, they won't necessarily say it, but the whole, the whole goal, the main purpose in life um, is just to make money. It's just making money. And that's obviously not a heavenly standard because um, it, it's, it's, it's obvious. Um, but then we need to be able to challenge that. What is the, if, if money is not the goal, what is the goal of the company? What is the, what is the goal of the work that we, we do? Is it just to make money or is there something bigger? So we need to challenge that. And, um, I've, and I've said this many times at, our, at my work as well. Is, um, is a quote I love by Peter Drucker. He was, he's a very guy, a good guy to quote in these situations because he's, uh, he's Christian and he's one of the most respected management gurus um, or was. He, he died a few years ago. Um, and he said, profit is like oxygen for your company. You need it to survive, but you don't live to breathe. 
there's something, there's a higher purpose. So it's important to bring heaven into just the way we think in our work. Because sometimes we just go, we at, at church we heavenly minded, kingdom minded, but at work we, we're not. Okay, then the, the next principle is you are not the tree. The tree is amazing. It's created by God. It's heavenly. It's, it's and we can go to the next slide. Just do that. It's amazing. Um, but you are not what you do. That is so important. I am not, in, not an engineer. I don't like to introduce myself as an engineer. Um, I'm not an engineer. You are not an artist or you're not. You are a son of God. It's way, way, way more powerful. Because the problem is if you, if you couple your identity to your work and what you do, you're going to have problems with two things. You know, one thing is money. You're going to have a problem of status because your whole identity and everything is, is built around that. If you, so if you don't get status in your work, you're going to feel like a failure. Um, just a personal story. A few, like probably a month ago, I went to my, my superiors and I told them, no, I'm not, I'm not happy with, <laughs> with um, I don't think I'm treat being treated fairly in terms of compensation and promotion, which is obviously a difficult thing and it you can ask Pia, it really bothered me and I and I told him and I and I I thought I had like good good argument and everything. And I heard my heard my problem and sort of underst understood but I didn't really get out of it um what I thought that I'll get out of it. And afterwards I just felt God saying to me, But Kenny, don't worry. Because your identity is not coupled in how much you earn or where, what title you've, you've got in the company. You can just be, you're a son of God, and you can do the same thing. You, you're a leader, it doesn't matter what. Because the, the, biblical leader, the biblical model of leadership, and that's where, where we as Christians should have a massive advantage. Biblical model of leadership is servant leadership. So you can be a servant, and you can still be a leader. You can have a massive influence. That, like Rosie, I always use the example, she, she's got a massive influence. If I, if I go into the kitchen... There's always people talking to her about something, and she's she's people share their their stuff with her. So she's like the pastor on that on that church. She's got an influence. She's got more influence. So if we throw a party for Rosie, it's way 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 bigger than we throw a party for Kuni, who's a, the regional director, and she's got probably got a, more than a thousand engineers under him. That's a kind of um, biblical leadership model that we we should strive for. And I think one of the great testimonies, sorry, just to come back to the previous, great testimonies we can have as Christians in our work is how we relate to status and how do we relate to money. Because it's a big issue for a lot of people. But if we're going to treat it the way we should treat it, it's a massive testimony. Knowing your identity will make you um, more productive as well. Another quote I like, he said, it's amazing what you, but you must think about this. It's amazing what you can achieve if you don't want to take credit for it. Because so, so, often, a lot of the things we want to start, we want to do, we've got this great, I don't know, I found it a lot of my life, great initiative at my work. There's always, there's always these turf wars going on. That may, if I do this, then I'm going to actually take that, that, actually that guy's work. 
But if you just want to do things and you, you've got a vision and you've got a, you want to drive this initiative, and you don't care if eventually it will end up giving credit to that person and it will be much more productive. That's, that's, a, that's um, something that I've, I've, ex I've experienced a lot. Um, and last year, identity will also determine your development. So in, in consulting engineering, so w w what we do is we basically sit in front of our computers the whole day, I'm joking. But it looks like, and then we design, we design infrastructure and we get someone else to, to build it. So we are, there's this thing about consulting engineers, now the engineer knows everything because people come and consult us and then we just give them the answer. Okay? You've got a problem, we'll solve it because we've got the answer, we're consulting engineers. So there's a, subconsciously there, you have to keep that up as a consultant. You, you can't show that you're dumb, you don't know everything in this. You can't show, especially like the people building the things for you, you can't show that you don't know what they're talking about. So you just fake it, you just fake it till you make it. But it's wrong. So I often find myself, so what I've consciously tried to do is just ask dumb questions. If, if I don't understand, I just ask it. And often, I found it like a lot, Often when I ask this dumb question, I realize everyone here just do, that would just make faking it till, till they make it. We're also not understanding what this guy was explaining. So it will actually cause you, you not to develop in your career because you, you try and just keep up this, this um, mentality that I know everything. They call it, there's a, you can Google it, it's a fixed mindset versus the growth mindset. Fixed mindset is I've just got, a, I've got these abilities and I must, I must sort of just Make sure that everyone knows that I've got these abilities. Growth minds, growth minds, it says, no, I can always grow. I can always grow. There's always something I can grow. So then you don't worry about asking dumb questions. It's also a good uh, exercise in humility, I must say. Um, the next one is integrity. So I feel, especially in charismatic churches, we don't talk enough about this. We talk a lot about spiritual things, but integrity is so so important um i like the definition it says integrity is a thing that you do when nobody is watching it's that moral compass so it's that moral compass inside of you that guide you to do the right thing doesn't matter what doesn't matter if it costs you money you do you'll do it the right thing um a funny story my like my dad always told us about integrity he um our great granddad he was a man of integrity, but when he got older, he's, he got a bit, his uh, mind wasn't that clear anymore, and he once drove over a red robot. Then he realized, like, shucks, <laughs> I've done something wrong, what can I do now? <laughs> and he went to the police station and he said, okay, uh, sorry, I've just broken the law here, I've driven over, but that is integrity, that is the moral compass. No one would have said anything, but he went to the police station. That is, that's the kind of people we need to be. Just the basic things, man. Doing the right thing when nobody's watching. Being honest. Um, owning up to your mistakes. Saying sorry. Don't gossip. Gossip's definition is discussing something with someone and they can't do anything about it. Just think about that definition. That's quite, that's a quite the high standard for but there's so much gossiping going on in, in, in work. 
And we as Christians, it's also an easy witness. If you don't gossip, it's an easy witness. Let, let's pick the low-hanging fruit here. Let's not, let's, not just, let's not go into the CEO of, CEO's office and pray for them for their salvation and make them fall on the floor. Let, let's go for the low-hanging fruit. And gossip is one of those things. You agree with that? I don't know. Maybe so you never gossiped at your company. I don't know. Maybe Finnovate uh, Francia, there's no gossip. Huh? The half of his of his companies in Shofa, so he can't say anything. <laughs> um, then, then, the tree is about people. It's about people. So, because heaven is about people, it's not a it's not about an object or whatever that you're designing or wha- whatever you're working on. It's a, it's it's about people, and we must have a biblical view, a high view of people. People is, n- people is not just human. They talk about human resources. It's not just a resource to get something done. It's actually the goal: people, the people, your colleagues, the way you treat, the way you treat the cleaner that's cleaning should be the same as the way you treat your colleague. I was so impressed the other day. We, I came into our foyer and I saw one of the board members also also I- entering, and and I was just looking at how. Well, she was just going into the into the lift, and she saw the cleaner standing next to the lift, and she was, she was just greeting the cleaner and asking how's it going. And I was so impressed by that because because it it shows that they've got she's got the heavenly mindset about people. She she views everyone as valuable. And um, I've seen it many times in my work. Of course, now okay, so we're the consultants, we we're the main guys. When we arrive on site, everyone jumps. I and everything is cleaned and there's no mistake. So that that's how it, it sometimes feels. Um, so it, one of the things I always say is the contractors. This is the guys that build it, and they always wrong. The co- the co- we are right, and they are wrong. But that's not a heavenly mindset. But it, it really plays out. Like so, if you just, it's also an easy one. If you just, if what I try and do is I just appreciate the contractors, the guys that are actually doing it. They dingle the trends. Many times they work overtime, many times they work weekends. They dingle the trends. They get themselves dirty. They do what you've just written down in a piece of, on a piece of paper, on a drawing. They're actually building things. If you appreciate that, it's amazing what you can get out of that, that person. They will just, they will go way, way beyond what they, what beyond their call of duty. Um, I always tell People, my favorite, or the best, what makes my life easy is if you just get that guy to feel proud of his work. If he feels proud of his work, then I don't. That, then you don't have to supervise him that much. He'll do, because um, you treat him like a human being. Okay, let me see if I've missed anything here. Well, the, the other thing, easy, also easy one, picking low hanging fruit, picking, picking the the fruit from the ground. Yeah. Just praise people. Praise people. We, in, I think in, in a church culture, it's easy. We praise people a lot. So I come here and I talk about Johan and his, his great sermon last. Well, I don't know if I even said it. But he had a great sermon last week. And Arena says it. And everyone says, oh, you look so beautiful. Your kids are so smart. Blah, blah, blah. But it's, um, and it's, it's amazing culture. But we should take it 
actually worked. So in the beginning of this year, we decided we're going to just democratize prayer. So we d- whenever we can praise someone, we're going to just praise someone. And it's amazing how that culture, that team spirit just changes. Just by, and it's easy to see. You just say, oh, yes, we did well there with that project or we did well. And it's amazing what, it just, that small thing changes, changes the culture in a team. It's also sort of on the topic, but um, it's amazing how God's timing is always 100%. So we, um, I'm thinking of praise now. So we entered a competition for one of the projects we did. And, and on Friday, we, so, so it's a, we entered for a civil engineering competition. But actually the project that we're doing was more on the electrical side. It was more mechanical and electrical. So we, enter, we just tried a lot. Okay, let's enter this. So we came, went through to the Western Cape one, and now we went to the national one. And on Friday, it was the award ceremony for the national one. And then we won. <laughs> so it was so, it was so cool. Yeah, but I, okay, so I only played a small part of it, but what's, what's, what I am proud of it, the, the, the lady that I worked with, or we sit together and we've done many projects, and I've played. I see her sort of as my engineering disciple. She was, she was, that all the, in, in the engineering on the, on the electrical side and that. So, but it was also just amazing to see on just on the WhatsApp messages that everyone says, "Go, her name is Holiday." <laughs> so we we can't talk about holi- going on holiday, <laughs> and our, in our work we just say on vacation. So, it's a bit anyway, <laughs> just a window into into our team. But we really have an awesome team. Um, and it was just so amazing how everyone just said, yeah, we're so proud of you, well done. But it, it just, it's a culture thing. And, I, and, and um, also what I wanted to say is that just the timing. And, and that was while I was, I was preparing on Friday. And the next morning I get the WhatsApps that we've won the project on the Friday evening. So while I'm preparing my sermon, God actually talks, talks to me about just this tree. We can do something amazing. Because it, w- it is an amazing project. What um, they did. Okay. Lastly, um, beauty equals effort. I think the girls can relate to that. <laughs> There's no what's a no what's no pain, no pain again. Um, but we I've got daughters and long hair. Yes, it's dude. This morning, Jean threw a massive tantrum just because. Um, yeah, I wanted to come here. It's, I really understand it. There's, so beauty equals effort. If you want to really do something beautiful, and, and by beauty I mean something that you take from heaven, and you want to bring it down to, to, to earth in your work, it's going to take effort. Many times the difference between just doing a good thing, doing your, good, your work good, and doing something beautiful, it's just a massive, massive massive amount of effort so it will take effort and that's where the protestant protestant work ethic comes in and we as christians we can i would almost say there's nothing that that um that destroys your testimony so so much as being lazy as a christian so i like if people they tell me they're christian or in the bottom of their emails, they will say, have Christian messages, but I know that person is lazy, or they're not doing the j- job well. Yes, it is really 
like we've got a saying in our house, my dad always says, never do, never do work or never get someone in to do work for you that says he's a Christian businessman. Because the, 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 but the point is, his work should show that he's Christian. He shouldn't tell you that he's a Christian. His work should show he's Christian. Um, but I'm just going to end enough by saying, but n- enough by saying, is never settle for second best if you can make something. Rather make just the lead, but make it beautiful. And it's going to require a lot of effort. Okay. Cool. Can we all stand? So I'm going to, um, who, who thinks, okay, who thinks this message doesn't apply to them? Otherwise, like, I'm just going to make that this, this whole, this whole church is the altar call. <laughs> I'm just going to say you responded to my altar call. It will look good on my CV. I can just say that. <laughs> the whole church responded to my. No, but I, I just want to, want us to, want to pray for you. But, um, for me, I, I, I'm really passionate and I'm really looking forward to see how this church, how God, and it's, it's supernatural, because it's, it's something that God takes from heaven, and he, and he puts in, in our hearts, and we can, we can live that out in, um, in our work, and that, that to me, it's, it's revival, I mean, it's not just something superficial, it's, it's something really, really amazing, and God is into it, and I'm really, really looking forward to see what God does through this church, through all of you here at your work. But we need to make that mind shift of God is into our work. So I'm just going to pray, pray for all of us. And you can close your eyes that God will come and show you your tree. And, and I pray that it will be something supernatural. Father, I come to you. I bring everyone's 85 before you, Father. Father, I pray I, I bring those, those trees before you, Father. Father, I pray that first you will come and show them what those trees are. How do they look, Father? Father, I pray that you'll come and speak to them in their quiet times about their work. Show them strategies. Show them what you want to accomplish, Father. Show them that beauty, Father. Show them in their imagination. Use everything that God, their whole self, use it, Father. Father, I pray that they, when I, when I, I pray that your favor will be on their, the work of their hands, Father. I pray that wherever they go, people will see your work, Father. And they will, like the scripture says, they will glorify you because of their work. Because they've been able to bring heaven down to earth, Father. Father, I pray that you'll bring, these people here will be able to bring heaven down from earth, Father into their workplaces. In the name of Jesus. Amen. So if, if, if there's something specific you want us to pray with, um, you can come forward and then we can pray specifically for that. But uh, thanks for listening. I really appreciate that you listened to me. <laughs> <laughs>